It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Wednesday, December 20th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content. It is so happy that overtime went the other way in the Flyers' favor this time. Yeah, that was a roller coaster of an overtime. It really was, but uh, glad we've got Owen Tippett to have ended it for the Flyers. We're going to talk about that, plus answer your mailbag questions on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. With any winning $5 money line bet, that's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. You can find us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Russ, uh, all I can say is Sam Erson, man. Yeah, he uh he had a hell of a game. I mean, this was his finest game for sure because, you know, that overtime period, it could have ended three times at least. And so he at least. Yeah, he was tremendous. I mean, he he did everything he wanted him to. He um, you know, he stopped Curtis Lazar on that breakaway. Big game for him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, of course, he was in because Carter Hart is still sick um and not quite ready to return. Yeah, talk about to that for a minute. He's got some sort of whatever, um, whether it's mono or something like that, that keeps like sort of reoccurring. We, you know, I mentioned on the bench, he didn't look good the other day. Remember, he looked thin mm-hmm. or whatever. He, I just kind of wish they just keep him out and make sure that, you know, he gains a little weight back and everything before they put him back in. Cause he's just going to say, I'm good and whatever. But you don't want this to keep reoccurring because, you know, then it could sort of start affecting your season. You know, right now, while they're on this streak, just keep them out. Yeah, maybe we can make them some chicken soup and uh, get... He needs a little more <laughs> than that. He needs more I than know. That. I know. Uh, yeah, so Cal Peterson was the backup for this one. Uh, they officially sent Ali Lixel down, called up Rhett Gardner. Don't really, you know... He's not going to care play. about... No, and so if, if you want somebody to sit in the press box, like, honestly, I don't it's care It's much who better it is. to do that than have Lixel because yeah. he... The damage that we've talked about that happens yeah. things when he's not there. Exactly, exactly. Even like missing practice. So uh, I think it, it's the right move for this time. Of course, Travis Sandheim was back for this one. So that was good to see. Uh, Flyers now having nine game point streak uh, in this portion of the season. And I think, you know, you talk about Sam Erson having a huge impact in this game. Obviously, Ryan yeah. Paling. Also sure. had a huge impact in this game. And we've talked about um, the the fact that moving him up to playing with guys like Joel Farabee and Cam Atkinson are going to draw out different aspects of his game than when he's on the fourth line and he can show a little bit more of his skill. You know, we've been sort of saying he's been taking up space in a lot of ways when he's been on the fourth line. 
uh, but he has been building chemistry with Joel Farabee and, and to get those two regulation goals uh, must have felt real good for him. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for him. He, you know, if he were to get hot, that's now another dilemma because then you have to decide, are you trading him? Are you signing him? Because he's only one. He's only on a one year deal. Cheap. Yep. He won't be cheap anymore if he continues. I don't know if he will, but this was a great game for him. Yeah, it was fantastic. And holy smokes, that you know, passing play he had. Yeah, it was a nice play, the give and go. Yeah, yeah, just real nice. And then just to be, like, on the spot, like, stick down, ready to receive that pass yeah. from Konechny on the other goal, I think that was a great play as well. And just really heads up from, from Ryan Paling to just be prepared. Yeah, I think it was NHL Network, I was sort of flipping around in between, and they were showing it, and I think John Torchetti said, I didn't know Paling had that in him. Haley had that in him when he was a prospect yep. and things just, you know, went awry every year, you know, with other things. So it wasn't like he never had that in him. He's always had it in him. It's just whether it can be consistent. So it's nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Owen Tippett uh, getting the OT winner. I was so happy for him because, um, you know, I had even written it down in my notes for the show, you know, prior to the overtime starting that Tippett was having a frustrating game for himself um, where he was creating space for himself and getting chances, but they weren't very good chances. They weren't high quality chances. He was falling Um, down. He was flailing on the side of the net. I mean, he did get one good one on the side of the net, but it was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and you could see him using his power and his speed uh-huh. really effectively to get on the precipice of scoring. And then he just didn't for whatever reason. And, you know, because he wasn't able to just get the the finish on anything and and to see him not only have a heads up smart play to steal the puck away from the Hughes brothers, which that's remarkable in and of itself. Yeah, that, that but, was a big play. Yeah, but then to turn around and, and you know, we've been talking about the fact that he sometimes struggles when he has too much time to think about the shot. He had time to think about that shot, and it still went in. So I was just so happy for him. Yeah, it all worked. He got rewarded. So, that, you know, that part worked out really well. Yeah, very, very happy for him and happy for us because it's much better when the Flyers win against the Devils. Um, you know, you don't like to see the Devils get that extra point in the standings. I think but... that's going to start to be a thing, you know, like four points, I think, separate like the Flyers and the Devils. And, you know, if the Devils start playing better and they start getting a point here, point there, it's, you know, this is where the loser point hurts you, can hurt you if you're being chased, if you have a good team chasing you. You know, again, the whole Metro is like, uh, I wouldn't even call it a mushy middle because it's like you have the Rangers up top, you have Columbus at the bottom, and then you have a really good middle. You yeah, know? I mean, the, the Islanders were taking apart Edmonton. They scored like their fifth shorthanded goal this year or something like that. So they're right up there with the Flyers with shorthanded goals. There's no bad team except for Columbus. Like even Pittsburgh, who has struggled. They're not a bad team. And Columbus scored a lot tonight, too, obviously. So people will figure that one out. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah you know Pittsburgh. So I, I I do think that this was an important extra point to it get is. for the oh, Flyers. No and, like, God, it's so nice in December to be talking about getting an extra point as being a good thing and staying competitive with the rest of the division. 
Well, I mean, like I said, it's good for now. We'll, I'll stay positive on that for now, and I'll see how some of the other things shake out later. But yeah. There are a, a few more things to talk about with this game and just some more bigger picture issues. And we are going to do that coming up next. You know that feeling when your favorite Flyers player scores a hat trick? If you want to get that feeling and win 100 times your money, play Daily Fantasy Hockey on the Sleeper app. As the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, Sleeper is our top choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially Daily Fantasy hockey. Fans can also play Daily Fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football on Sleeper, and entries can be made in under a minute with elite players like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, and Austin Matthews, plus the new guys like Connor Bedard. All you need to do is make more or less picks on stats for these stars. You can choose from things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. To win 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail those picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Locked On NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Tomorrow on the show, we will turn our attention to the Nashville Predators again, since we just saw them recently, plus a Flyers prospect check-in on Alexi Kolosov and our World Juniors preview. So lots to get to there. So continuing our conversation about the uh, overtime win against the New Jersey Devils, I think if you're looking for areas of this game that the Flyers really need to improve on, I think there are a couple of things. First, you just look at the shot quality and it was so much in the New Jersey Devils favor, like their high danger chances were like more than doubled up on the Flyers, you know, same on the scoring chances um, that were effective. And, you know, you looked at the eye test for that backs it up in turn. You could just see that that's what was happening because the Devils had more of a dynamic offense going throughout this game. And, you know, per our earlier remarks, Sam Erson <laughs> was able to save the Flyers a bunch of times during the game. And so I think that that's something that um, while the Flyers have been able to score a little bit, that they just have to really just turn it up a notch and really focus on making more plays like that, you know, give and go pass that they did and, and building more set plays and, and having the, the speed to be able to do it. Yeah, you kind of wish they would work on it a little more. I do feel like I'm with you on that, feeling like there could be. Um some improvement there uh but again they were reckless with minutes again i mean if you watch sean couturier in that in that overtime he was dead dead to the point where he was on his knee and he was looking for someone to bail him out to get the puck to and thankfully connecting went over there and bailed him out and even got a shot on goal but he played 23 minutes you can't play him 23 yeah. minutes yeah when he's banged up i think is really the issue that you can't play him that much i think like you know, if he was well rested, maybe you could do that for one game, right. you know, in an, in a circumstance where you feel like you needed him. This was kind of a slide back in a lot of ways, but I think it was partially out of necessity. And, 
you know, partially just maybe they could have managed the ice time a little bit better there. Um, I think the other kind of challenge in this game, and that's, you know, a lot due to the devil's skill was at the faceoff dot. And that, you know, allowed the devils to have so many good chances because they were winning the faceoffs. And really, honestly, the only Flyers player that was on the positive side of the at the faceoff dot was, interestingly enough, Ryan Paling, who had struggled for a little bit at the dot for a while, but he he had a decent game there this time. Coots was close to 50%, but you know, that's why they had him out there. He took the lion's share of the face-offs for the Flyers in, in this game. And um, but like Morgan Frost really struggled at the dot. I thought he was fine with the rest of his game, but at the dot, Morgan Frost really, really struggled. Yeah, he was two for eleven. Uh Michael McLeod was eighty-eight percent on face-offs. 88%. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, we have the uh, elephant in the room. That is the Flyers power play that went over three this time. I'm still kind of questioning having Risto out there um, on it. And he was out there in the OT, too, by the way. Yeah, the OT had in mind because if you want somebody defensive out there, fine. He's not a bad skater. But on the power play, he, he, when he gains the zone, there's not nothing good is happening, and there's nothing set up. And again, I'm going to go harken back and telling you that Tampa's power play is a little better with Brad Richards as the video coach. And I'm going to keep saying, Flyers, get somebody else from the outside to help you. If it's a video coach, fine. You have to call Joe Mullen, fine. Uh, John Tortorella needs to like you know break down here and ask somebody else for help because his coach isn't doing it. And he hasn't been doing it for over a year. This is a year and a half. It's really bad. It's not great. And, and the thing with Risto on the, on the power play is that it's not that he couldn't like handle it per se, but he's not a vision player. And when right. you're when you're playing, you know, in that position on the power play, you have to be able to like think three passes ahead of what's happening to try and set up you know, a set play in motion. And that's just not Risto. It's not like a bad thing overall for his game. It's just not what you need on the power play. Right. It's not what you need um, on the power play. And we talked about this. We gave a good game preview because we knew the Devils had the best power play. And when the best power play goes up against the best penalty kill, I said, your power play needs to come through because you know they're going to score on one. They did score on one. And the Flyers didn't come through, and luckily they won. But that is not a recipe for success. You have to make sure that you're up to the task there. And I think that's, we talked about that in the preview. Yeah, we absolutely did. And uh, the other thing that I thought was good about this game for the Flyers, that even though the Devils did wind up scoring on the power play, the the Flyers only gave the Devils, I mean, you know, the, the officials maybe had something to do with this, but, you know, the Flyers only gave the Devils one power play opportunity in this game. And I, I thought that was really good. And, you know, I have to watch the Devils broadcast uh, because of where I live. And uh, they were talking specifically pregame interviewing Ball about he's got to be the guy to be sticking up for his team and being aggressive he certainly was throughout the game. And like the Flyers didn't really get sucked into any nonsense at all. No. Interesting thing. So when I'm trying to search for the Flyers power play percentage, 
there's a site I won't give out their name, but they they knew I was searching for that. And the Flyers have to be one of the bottom three because they X they grade them out. I couldn't get to the number, <laughs> but they were in the bottom three. So yeah, they you know again, you would think this would be part of the solution. They would part they would try and work day and night on this solution because they would actually be a better team and possibly win more. Or at least what's going to happen is they would win more when they, they, I would say this, they would win more when there's these really tight games that you see like this. Whereas there's going to be games in the second half of the season where you go 0 for 5 on the power play and it's not going to be good. It is not. And uh, I think, you know, we talk about these things because we're in actually a really, uh, you know, luxurious position here to be able to talk about them right. as like things that they can tweak to get yeah. even better than they are. It's not that the Flyers are bad. The Flyers are good right now and enjoying a really great period of, of real solid hockey. And they're mm -hmm. doing a lot of things right but there's always room for improvement here. And so we just want them to get better at the power play. I, I'm giving, all I want yeah. is to feel good when the Flyers, you know, when there's the Pico power play in Philly, I want to have some like high confidence that the Flyers have a good chance of scoring on this power play and can take advantage. And I don't feel that way right now. Uh, but I'm very glad they're doing some other things very well in order to compensate. Yeah, look, there's some other things that they do well. There's no question. That, that is not one of them. Yeah, yeah. We say these things because we love. But uh, I think that overall, I am thrilled to have righted the wrong of the last game the Flyers had against the Devils. And uh, we don't see them again until the stadium series matchup outside, which should be, I think, based on what we've seen so far in the season series, should be pretty exciting, huh? Yeah, it'll be exciting. The points will matter, you know. Yeah. Uh, it'll be it'll be a good time. And uh, we'll see the Jonas Brothers in the meantime. Anyway. <laughs> you might. I might be getting some, something to eat during that time. Who knows? All right. Well, you'll be missing out on uh, going to the Waffle House, I guess. But... No, I'll be at the game. I mean, I'll just get something, you know, at the concession stand. That is the Jonas Brothers song, Waffle House. Anyway. Um... Oh, again, <laughs> wrong audience. I knew it was going to fly over your head. Okay, uh, we've got your mailbag <laughs> questions. I uh, got some really good ones about uh, Carter Hart and his potential upcoming contract uh, specifically. We'll do that coming up next. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I am undefeated since my last pick. See, I'm not going to give you any other stats. But I would say this... Sunday, uh, go with the uh, over for the Cowboys and Dolphins game. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get into the action this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering all the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, Plus our national shows covering every league like Locked On NHL. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube to subscribe. 
Uh, we've got a jam-packed mailbag for you here. And uh, Mike had a really good question. When do you think that the Flyers will start negotiations with Carter Hart on a new contract? I don't think it's going to be in season. I don't think he's going to want to do it. I think he's going to say, listen, I, you know, concentrating-wise, it's not going to be good. So I think it will be uh, when the season's over. Yeah, I can see that happening. Obviously, you know, I think there's going to be an interim decision made before the trade deadline that there'll be sort of a gentleman's agreement, as it were, in terms of does he want to stick around? Like, are, are we going to do these negotiations in good faith and then kind of move forward? Because if not, then there's an opportunity to potentially trade him. Um, but I, I don't see that as even remotely likely. I just think that you have to kind of dot that I across that T before you let the trade deadline pass. Oh, I think they already know. Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. I think they already know the answer to that. Yeah. Well, I certainly hope so. And I certainly hope the answer is yes, we want to negotiate. We're just going to wait. Well, it depends. Depends. Yeah, I know. I know. But that's I'm just putting it out there into the world. Got to manifest those dreams, Russ. So <laughs> in terms of wanting Carter Hart to stick around. At WileyVet62 on Twitter was talking to us about our conversation related to the Flyers' playoff hopes and are they going to make it? Um, and, you know, at the end of a comment says, seems pretty good, but you never know uh, about injuries. I think a lot of teams in their division are overrated but don't have the goaltending either. And, you know, there could be something to that. Sure, but then there's at least one or two that can make a trade for goaltending. So that, you know, like as an example, I think a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury might be available. If he gets on a team in the East, that makes that team a lot better, right? Does so he want to I run that gauntlet that... again? <laughs> well, it depends. What if, what if all of a sudden he's going back to the Penguins? Well, there is that. Oh, God. That is a definite possibility, Russ. Why did you have to say that? Yeah. Just because it's a possibility. I know. But I'm just giving an example. So that's why... It's a little too soon to kind of figure that one out, um, simply because even if the Devils have more troubles in that, they're going to be looking to. And, you know, again, they'll go after John Gibson heavy. So, like, what if all of a sudden, you know, you got those guys in the East all battling for the playoffs, all of a sudden, you know, it's going to be a lot harder. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it, it's going to be really interesting for the Flyers as we get closer and closer to, is this a, a real thing? Right. And, right. you know, I, at least I think with Flyers goaltending, we're in a really good position here. So I think they have goaltending wise, they're in good shape. Yeah. So I think at least that aspect of it is good. And we have less to worry about on that front. Brett wants to know, uh, based on our episode yesterday, uh, Phantoms Tuesday. So what is really standing in the way of the Phantoms winning more games? I think that, um, too many penalties, like you've pointed out many times. And I think more consistent playing time for some of these younger, really talented players that can put them over the top, but they're playing, you know, some of these other vets just to play them because they're trying to honor the contract. And it's like, at some point, we can't worry about that. You've got to do some testing here and see, you know, who's ready, who's, who's ready for more playing time, who's going to help us in the future besides this year. Yeah, I think, you know, to your point about the vets, they have to figure out how to use the AHL players they have in the right way to yeah. to get success. Because those players are there, let's be honest, to support 
the prospects in their development and also create a fun environment for the fans so that there's something to sell. Right. right? So I understand, you know, that there's sometimes a little scrappier, they're a little bit more physical because that's the entertainment aspect of the AHL game. And so you do have to sort of account for that, but it's a delicate balance here because if you kind of go over the top with some of that and also don't match up the right AHL level players with NHL prospects, then you're not going to get the best out of anybody because there are AHL players that aren't NHL players, but can score a lot in the minor league level. And so you have to figure out how to activate that as well. And I think that's just what this missing link is here. Yeah. I think think that they just haven't figured out a way to put those puzzle pieces together to get the best out of everybody, not just a few of the top prospects and maybe one other guy, you know? Right. Because again, the goaltending is not the problem there either. So, no, um, I think that there's a yeah, there's just a formula like a puzzle that's not quite fitting, and they do have to figure that out. Uh, John uh, had a, a significant comment on YouTube, but it ended with Urson has the hot hand right now. I'm not saying to favor him over Hart, but maybe one out of every three for a while. Is that a good idea, Russ? Not yet. Uh, let's see what happens beyond the trade deadline, because again, if they're thinking about trading him, then Urson's going to get a lot more playing time in the second half. So I think it's a little too soon this season to do that yet. Yeah, I would say one out of four is probably the right yeah. way to go. And looking, yeah, I think that's a good, yeah. looking at the back-to-back games, especially just yeah. you know making sure that Urson's not just playing part of a back-to-back that you mix in some of the one-off games as well. Uh, but on average, maybe one out of four games should be Sam Ersons right now. And just making sure that he's playing consistently, you know, even if it's a two game week, like give him one of those two games because you don't want him to go right. like a full two weeks without playing. Right. Uh, Jason wants to know, uh, what's the most fun Flyers game you've ever attended? You know, I had to think about it. There was um, in 2012, they were up pit- against Pittsburgh, like three nothing. And then game four. Like all hell broke loose, and there was like seven first period goals, and that game was ten three. I had to look it up to kind of <laughs> remind myself how high how high scoring. And the Flyers lost that game ten three. But what I remember about it being fun was I'm trying to like you know write down notes. So I'm doing a game story. It's when we still did game stories, and I I'm, I can't keep up. Like Claude Giroux scores. Okay, great. Oh wait, Malkin scores. Oh wait, Crosby scores. Oh wait, and it was just it was crazy. Those first two periods were crazy. 13 goals. Yeah, that was wild. I do remember that. I don't remember it being fun per se because <laughs> of the outcome of the game. But uh, yeah, I've been. You won the series. It's true. It's true. And, you know, it's funny that, you know, I picked a very similar game to that for me. Um, even though, you know, they didn't go as far in the playoffs in 2012 as they did in 2010, obviously. Man, that last game of the series against the Pens in game six, uh, I was at that yeah. game, watched the shift, the Claude Giroux shift in person. Um, yeah. I felt like, you know, I get like, I'm not going to lie. I get nervous during playoff games. I get a little antsy, you know, as mm-hmm. you do. And uh, mm-hmm. I just remember thinking like about like three or four minutes into that game, like, Flyers are going to win this one. I have no doubts. My, I am calm. I don't have the nerves. Like they got this. I can just tell 
by the way they look, by the way they're skating. And sure enough, you know, they win that game five to one. And, you know, I've been in more important to more important games. I went to outdoor games, but like I just felt like that was the most like confident I've ever felt at a playoff game against the Pens. It was perfect. Yeah, it makes sense that'll be a good memory for me to have for a long time. Hopefully we can make more playoff memories coming soon. Uh, Last question. Should the Flyers sign Carter Hart to an eight year contract related to our earlier question? Right. So I've been looking at this too. Here's the dilemma. The dilemma is this, even if this year somehow they make the playoffs, they're still going to be in some sort of rebuilding mode and most likely take a step back. And there'll be guys that get traded at some point and they're going to have to reload, right? So, and and again, everybody thinks they could cheat a rebuild. They all think it, but you really can't. So let's say you cheated by one year and it's a four-year rebuild. So let's say Carter Hart says, I want seven or eight. I prefer eight because you can give me eight. And let's say he wants similar to Sorokin money, eight by eight. And let's say, you know, three or four of those years aren't going to be the greatest. Do you want to pay the money out for that when you have Ursan there, who's kind of like an apprentice already, and you have Kolosov, who's really doing well over in Russia, and Fedotov, who maybe will come over someday, you don't really know. I think the Flyers are deep enough now that they would say they should say to Carter Hart, no, we don't want to go that deep on any goalie. And if you want to stick around, you know, let's do four or five and then see what we're what everything's like after right. that, but I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do an eight. Yeah. And if he wants eight, then I would trade him. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I would be like, well, if you want eight, you got to go down in your salary request by a significant amount. I think that's where you play. I don't think he would though. I think, I, don't know. I, I think his, his, his group is going to, he's not going to like, I don't think he's taking eight by seven. I'd be surprised. And he's not going to get Sorokin, which is 8 by 8.2. Right. So I'm thinking he's going to get like, you know, 775, yep. 8, something like that per year. Uh, but again, I, I the Flyers need to stay away from like eight-year contracts like that because I've seen this happen with teams. All of a sudden, you get one or two young goalies that they're kind of ready, and now you got to deal with the goalie that you still have four years left with on a contract or three years left with on a contract. What are you going to do? And that's where you really could have saved and have a new, new, younger successor. And sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes it's a hard decision. We'll see what happens. Uh, That should be an interesting thing to keep an eye on moving forward. We will be talking about one of those goaltenders you mentioned, Alexei Kolosov, on tomorrow's show. So looking forward to that, as well as a look in at the Flyers versus Preds and our World Juniors preview. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got questions you want us to answer on the show, you can let us know uh, via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day.